Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome back to the Esports Moment. I'm Seamus Byrne. This week, we have another top-tier conversation for you from my trip to IEM Katowice. I managed to grab some time over a coffee with Eric Anderson, the head of esports at FaZe Clan, a super cool guy who has some really interesting perspectives on the esports scene, given he came to this industry from the music scene. We explore some of his thoughts on how the two industries are alike, and maybe even get weird about what genre of music we'd put esports into. FaZe is not your average esports organization, so we also try to unpack a little of what helped the clan build a distinct fan base that has devotees all across the world. So here it is, my chat with Eric Anderson, head of esports at FaZe Clan. For those who don't know the team's origins beyond pure esports, uh, can you explain a little bit of that side of that FaZe origin story? Sure. Um, FaZe Clan started as a kind of content creator collective born out of the Call of Duty scene um, back in 2010. And it was a group of trick shotters and snipers, the best trick shotters and snipers in the Call of Duty space. And then um, these guys were instead of kind of showing up in a multiplayer match and just kind of fragging out and winning, they would do it in a very flourishing way on the trick shotting side or um, focus on quick sniping and quick scoping people and trying to get, uh, you know, quad kills and, and really hit highlight clips. They take those highlight clips, put them to music and turn them into um, very big uh, montages. And they slowly started building a following and a large community over the years um, and really come from that media and content creator side. And, you know, we're really early on in the process of generating a lot of uh content on uh youtube specifically um and uh, th- that's their that's their pre-esports origins mm. and do you feel like that kind of fed into the style of fan base that sort of phase has them built because it does you know again you know from australia and seen at iam sydney that that there are just nuts phase fans down in australia who go completely uh, you know, over the top with just 
that outpouring of, of love for this team. So it, it does feel like there's kind of a different culture attached to why people have fallen in love with that team. So, you know, do you feel like, uh, I, I mean, what do you feel like the strong sense of the culture in that, in the team is? Well, first thing, I think the Australian fans are absolutely incredible. And I think that it lines very much in ours. They're very passionate. And I think we have a very passionate fan base. And I think that came out and that comes out when our guys got out of Sydney. Our guys absolutely loved playing there in the first year when we didn't win. And then we came back and the crowd was just so incredible, uh, for or overall and embracing, um, the guys who, you know, aren't, uh, you know, from five different countries in Europe, you know? So it was, it was really cool for them. Um, I think the, you know, the FaZe clan community, you know, it's, it's, it's born of this kind of group of content creators and really kind of, uh, stars in their own right that have attracted all of these people to, to follow them and listen to them and see kind of how they view the world and want to engage with everything that they're doing. And I think that like kind of, uh, cool kid anti culture, which at the time, you know, it's now gaming's mainstream, but at the time, this was the underground stuff. This was the Lords of Dogtown. These were the skateboarders that were down in a place that it wasn't cool to be skateboarding. And then all of a sudden, now it's cool to be skateboarding. Well, there's a bunch of kids who were more quiet about it back then. And so it's this kind of this, this come up. And so we're like, it's pretty much like, you know, you follow that UFC fighter before they be a big, you follow that footballer from the academy and you're just invested in like their success. And it's an exciting thing for you to see it go. And I think we keep on, we keep on, you know, feeding back into our community. You know, we giving them like a lot of our guys give them daily content, you know, which is, which is something of like value. And at this point, you know, if you're watching content over six, seven years, you're showing up a lot and you're, you're down that. And I think that energy passes the torch down to the next generation of kids and people that come to find face clan via whatever it is, via counter-strike, via call of duty professional or call of duty content creators or Fortnite. Um, and I think that it, that, that core kind of base and that, that, that fire that's come from a passionate group of guys that just wanted to game in a certain way. And that dream that they did that. And all of a sudden, you know, we're able to make a career out of it. Same with the pro able to make a career out of it. I think that is, is what drives a lot of our family. I think drive a lot of esports fan base in general, but I think our fans kind of really, it really resonates because they see themselves in the content creators that are there. Yeah. Now I kind of love the idea that you came into this space from a music background. Mm-hmm. So I'm you know, curious what sort of parts of the music industry and the lessons from that kind of side of things actually translate to to feeling like, wow, this this stuff actually sits quite nicely in now managing esports. Yeah, let me clarify. I'm utter trash when it comes to instruments. Um, <laughs> I was on the management side and, um, you know, there's – the music industry is very old at this point and it's gone through a lot of iterations, but – you know, in the music industry, you have touring, you have brand deals, you have, um, you know, uh, deals with your, you know, touring related things. Um, and, and you're sorry, and you're releasing, and you're releasing music. So like you're working with all these different partners to make this kind of cohesive ecosystem where everybody's kind of driving revenue around a brand in a bunch of different ways, which is the exact same situation in esports where you're working with sponsors, you're working with tournament organizers, you're theoretically working with publishers, depending on which games you're in. And every single one of those has their own individual businesses, but you meet together at an intersection point. And those intersection points are the games, the the teams that are in those games, the leagues, uh, the different things that are, you know, components of esports. And then, you know, the tournaments, you build a brand to a certain level, whether it's an individual player or um, a team itself. And then brands want to come and piggyback onto that community and everything that you're building. 
And um, that's literally, you know, the, the most successful artists that are out there have built robust touring careers, have built massive communities and fan bases, you know, and have built a great relationship with their label or with whomever their partners are in terms of how they're releasing or how they're being, how they're getting that creative outlet out there. Um, so I think it's just, you know, there's obviously a lot of things that aren't similar, but I think at its core level, there's, um, of the entertainment industry, I think it's a very similar, it's on a similar track. So that would be very clear. There's parts of the music industry I definitely hope never encounter and jump into the the uh, esports space. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> um, now with a team that is across kind of quite a few different games and genres, you know, I'm curious. Do you, is there a sense that fans are actually quite different depending on the game or the genre, or like other other things that kind of unite them? Uh, you know, more than the things that are different. But uh, I'm curious if there's any of those little things that you go, yeah, we we have to talk to these people in a slightly different way or things like that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, at, at a high level, there's a very big difference between people that define themselves as content creators and influencers um, and are on the more entertainment spectrum of gaming and then the, the pro spectrum of gaming. I think they all contribute uh, positively to the space in very huge ways, um, but they're they're distinctly kind of uh, different and the way that they interact with their community is very different. And the p- types of people that show up, it's similar to the, you know, the person that watches SNL doesn't necessarily watch the Yankees play and vice versa. And then there's the people that watch both. Um, and I think that's true of, of this space of esports, of just gaming content in general. And I think as you drill down into that, uh, there's all different types of content creators there, you know, and, and not to stop it, even gaming, there's, there's different there's different communities built on YouTube and Twitch that surround so many other interests. And I think it's very similar in gaming where, you know, not everybody wants to play a real-time strategy game or a MOBA or an FPS. Uh, you know, not everybody's good at all those. If somebody wants to find their lane or their friend group happens to all play this, so they'll begrudgingly go along so they can hang out with everybody. Um, or, you know, they love this game so much they can't find anybody locally, but they'll go find their friend group online. You know, they'll go and they'll grind and they'll go do um, raids in WoW or different games that are out there. Uh, and that's the what they get up and they set their clock to. Um, and the same way that, you know, Counter-Strike's got a deep community and it's there and it may not watch Dota. It may watch Dota. It may watch Call of Duty. It may not watch Call of Duty. Um, so I think, yes, I think all of these communities are very, very different with, you know, some crossover here and there for sure. Um, but we, we definitely approach them very differently. We speak to them very differently. Um, and, and on the phase clan side, I think though, you know, everything that we do is governed and, and guided by like, focusing on our fan base and making sure we deliver our fan base things that we think they want to see because they're things that we want to see. They're things our content creators want to do and want to see and our content creators are our fans. And so if they don't like it, then, you know, it's not something that we're going to be pursuing or spending time on. Yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, now, also, there's clearly, you know, some of the main parts of your team are in these kind of you know, bedrock games, you know, CS being clearly one of those. Um, but then there is so much kind of going on in games right now. I'm curious, you know, how you what kind of a process you go through when you're deciding is this new game ready for us to kind of, you know, put people against. So, yeah, I mean, clearly Fortnite kind of hit that, you know, too big to ignore kind of thing pretty quickly last year. Um, and I guess, especially with those big prize pools attached to it, it's hard to ignore, but you know, how do you going to go through that process of deciding it's the right time to either form a team or even buy a team? So, I think kind of what I touched upon last is I think a lot of it's dictated by our community and our interests of our content creators. And I think that if, if, you know, we use a lot of that as a bellwether of whether or not something is going to be popular, like we knew Fortnite was going to pop before Fortnite popped because our guys were having a, uh, more fun than they had in a while since Modern Warfare 2. And that's a very, very like Modern Warfare 2 and many guys in our, you know, organization's minds, it's the greatest game of all time. And so to compare it to that level, it's kind of like when you, when you watch a screener of a movie and everybody's saying, Hey, this is like, you know, the most amazing thing since, you know, whatever other amazing movie there was, you're like, Oh, well, I, I got to go watch this now. Yeah. Um, so I've heard quite a few um, different kind of streamers I've talked to say that so much of that first wave of Fortnite was, was they were seeing their kind of chat communities, which are saying, go and try Fortnite, go and try it. Like they were like, oh, I don't know if I want to. And they're like, well, they're demanding that we do it. <laughs> and and that's the most authentic kind of thing, right? Like is, is being able to like, selling your friends on something versus going to your friends and being like, you're stupid. If you don't do this, this is the greatest thing ever. Like you're not selling at that point. You're just being like, look, I am getting you on a secret and this is the best thing ever. You got to come. And like, you know, certain people that have that kind of that energy and ability to kind of bring people over there, you know, the difference between going, you're walking into somebody, you're saying, Hey, you should try this eh, versus like you need to try this. Like this is the best thing ever. Um, and I think that, you know, I think we have a luxury that we've got a bunch of guys that play a lot of games in our ecosystem and, and being able to kind of just talk to them and say, hey, what are you liking? What's what's good about this? You know, Apex Legends just dropped and our guys were a couple of our guys were there testing it before it came out. And their immediate feedback was like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. And then it drops day one or so and everybody's basically really enjoying it. Um, and I think that, you know, you have to use that as some guidance. You don't know exactly where the game is going to go. And sometimes you have to take some bets. Um, but I think, yeah, we, we use our community. Uh, we, we, sorry, we, we, we reflect what our community is kind of telling us um, with regards to like what things are, are doing well or not. And then I think once we get to the point where we want to, commit to a game in some capacity. I think then the bigger questions are, you know, what is the publisher doing? What is their roadmap? Do they have one? Is it worth still experimenting from a media side? Because we have the luxury of being able to jump into a game, even if esports isn't fully developed yet, i.e. Fortnite, and um, be able to still give something to our community in a very big way. Um, and so that's okay. Uh, but you know, from my perspective, you know, of, of, of kind of running our esports for the phase clan for the guys is, I, I still want to see some structure. I still want to see growth. I still want to see a 
a viewable product that people are going to just really want to watch and that drive those exciting moments that I know exist in some of the games that we're in, like Counter-Strike, like Call of Duty, like Rainbow Six, um, you know. And so I think that's one of the big things for me is making sure that there's an actual interesting audience that are that's going to want to see a competitive product and that the competitive product is actually being built and supported by either a tournament organizer ecosystem or a the actual publisher themselves. Yeah. And so how do you feel like the whole scene is evolving right now? I mean, again, you know, that's a good point there that you know, you guys have that nice balance across content creation and esport and so you can explore things in different ways, but but in general terms, you know, how do you how do you feel like the scene's evolving and what kind of excites you at the moment, I guess? You know, I, I look at I look at a lot of things from obviously our perspective and the games that we're in, and I, and I think there's a lot of really healthy growth going on in all of them, and I think it's really exciting to see. Um, but I also keep tabs on some of the games out there. Like I, I play League of Legends. I'm I'm about as good at League of Legends as I am in instruments, but I still enjoy playing it. Um, and so you know, and so because of that, I can be a fan of some of those games and tune into the LCS. Um, or the, I think it's called LEC now. I haven't, I haven't watched the game yet, but it's, it's, I hear it's fun. And, uh, you know, I want to, I want to tune in to see what's going on and how the guys are duking out in Europe. Um, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's making some healthy growth. I think there's some bets that are being made in esports that, um, you know, I think for the space, I hope work out in good ways. Um, as infrastructure being established, I think is healthy and good for, for the content creator side of the ecosystem as well as the competitive. And I think that, that, you know, the, the more infrastructure that we have in place to allow people to potentially tour, to potentially get on the road and meet their fans in person, you know, by touring is what I mean. And to create more, you know, secondary and, and other tertiary events, I think is going to be always healthy for the space. And hopefully, you know, we'll find a game that is either not made yet or exists out there, but no one's really given it a shot. Get a second wind and, and come out and be a competitive scene because at that point, it doesn't need to be global. It doesn't need to be massive. It can be regional. It can be even small community as long as it's got a healthy amount of playing and people wanting to kind of show up and do that. I mean, that's such a good point, isn't it? That in the end, and you know, I've heard a few discussions here this weekend along those lines that, you know, that it just still boils down to, you know, are people having a good time? Do they love playing this thing? And does it bring them together with other people? Um, if all those kinds of things are there in the right mix, then it's it's something kind of worth looking at, right? Exactly. Look, I don't... I don't love EDM music, but you can't deny that it brings people together in a very positive way for people to embrace music. Uh, there's no point in arguing over the, the whether what a DJ is really doing on stage or not. It, it's the point is that it's it is pop culture and it has been for a very long time, and it finally got recognized a good maybe ten years ago at least in the U.S., which was way behind the curve on that stuff, um, and it drove a massive kind of audience. And, but it was an audience of people that wanted to be there, that were enjoying themselves, that were there, not because it was a cool thing to do. It was, they were there because they just loved hanging out, partying and listening to electronic music in that kind of way, whether it be free boots or whatever. And, and, and this thing is right now, same kind of stuff. It's just happening on a much more massive scale. But it's okay if it goes back to part, parts of it happen on a smaller scale, right? I don't think some of these games are going to take any steps back right now. Um, I think maybe a couple, but I think some of the tier ones will continue to move forward. But I also think that it's like going back to kind of 
you know, that we're saying, like there'll be things that pop in a certain way that get to a certain level. And as long as people are showing up to watch, to view online and it's up there, that's a win. That's, that's good. That's, that's a community, you know, and it's a self-sustaining community potentially. So I think that's, I think it's super exciting. Yeah. So if phase was a music album, what genre would it be? A music album. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I think clearly not EDM. Clearly not EDM. <laughs> I think we use a lot of we've used a lot of EDM in uh, in um, uh, a lot of montages and things. But I, I mean, I think I think hip hop is probably the you know pop culture thing of the moment, but also very very intertwined with with the things that Phase Clan does. Uh, you know, the guys were were there when when Logic first went live and had him in one of their first. Uh, I think it was. I think it was Ill Camps 38 or 39. Someone's going someone's gonna to hit me on that for not getting the right number on it. But, uh, um, you know, rap has been an integral part of a lot of these guys, you know, uh, careers, at least online. Um, and, you know, some of them go and, and dabble, obviously, in a lot of other genres. But I think, I think that kind of, uh, I think that culture of self-made beats, self-made things, taking references to the things that have kind of come before and mixing it up, presenting it as a, as a, as a new package and really kind of driving your own destiny, which I think is a lot of what is discussed in hip hop music and put out there is, is a lot of true for the content creating, but also the, 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 the reality of the pro side and kind of don't wait for mainstream to catch up, just generate your own destiny, build it out and go because I know I'm awesome. You know, I know I'm the best. And they'll, they'll eventually, eventually figure it out. Yeah. I think that lines up with a lot of the kind of gaming culture in general is, you know, I don't need you to recognize my, I don't need you to be here to pop my scene. You're going to recognize how big my scene is later, basically. I think, so I think not just phase, I think the whole space in general is probably uh, a little more hip hop than, uh, than they probably want to admit. <laughs> um do you feel like if someone was trying to start a team now, do you think the phase model actually kind of, you know, if, that little journey of content creation and then into esports is almost like a smarter way to build from scratch these days than because it feels like to just hit esports now you need a lot of money kind of out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, I think um, so. I guess there's there's to start purely in esports right now. Yes, if you want to get into tier one games and things like that, it's expensive. Um, there are other kind of ways to enter and you can go and get through some of these other games that are there, find a new community, start from scratch and build it up. You know, I think right now you could build an Apex Legends arc and you could probably have a lot of success if you've got the right guys or if you yourself as a player are really good and you could generate your own kind of, again, build your own destiny with regards to, to what you want to do. And I, so now don't get me wrong, that's an absolute bet, but so is spending money on tier one esports without any sort of pre existing understanding of the space. If you just jump in and you have no idea what you're doing, you're, you're probably going to get eaten by the sharks. Um, on the, with regards to the content side of things, I think, I think you, you need to have a really strong understanding of what community you want to cultivate before you start just generating, uh, content in my opinion. Um, or unless if you're bringing in content creators, understanding that you're bringing in that community. Um, and that's fine. And if that's what you want to do, you can just slap a, a brand on it. And I think that a lot of content creators, if they wanted to, could transition into creating an org generating or if they'd like or banding together in some way. But you, you, you can't just start generating content and all of a sudden getting audience. It, you know, it's like anything else that's out there. It's, um, 
it, it's getting people's interest uh, and keeping people's interest is not easy. And so, yes, that's where face started, but you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend somebody copy the phase model uh, in that exact kind of way. Um, that being said, if there's a content creator that's out there that wanted to try to do that, there's definitely, they have a lot of power in terms of being able to generate and, and deliver things, but they, they hopefully know their audience well enough to say, Hey, my audience wants this, you know, not that, Hey, I'm going to force this down your throat because I want to do this. And, you know, maybe, may hopefully the two are aligned if you have a healthy audience. Yeah. Um, but you know, you never really know, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I've always like the saying that, um, you know, one of the great things about sort of this internet era is the idea that we don't have to ask permission to like just share things with the world. So you, right. you can just dive in and, and give it a crack. This is very true. I definitely don't be afraid to fail within the esports kind of space. It's a immediate feedback loop. And I think the same thing is true about your content generation. You know, hopefully you have enough people commenting and they're to give you good or bad feedback and they'll let you know immediately. I was talking to a lot of the different guys here. The tournament organizers have the experience. The content creators have the experience. The orgs have the experience. You know, when we lose, we get a lot of feedback. Not not usually too bad. Our fans are great. So it's I'm I'm proud of like the amount of love that we kind of get out there in the community and that 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 they send to our content creators and to our pros and the support that they give them. It's it's actually truly incredible. So um, and I think generally speaking, in the community overall wants to see this thing still grow and still succeed. I don't think they need it to be accepted by or adopted by the mainstream. It was something that, you know, was kind of discussed earlier today. But, you know, I think they want to share what they love with the world. You know, I think it's, and I think that's an important part of this. You go talk to a, you go talk to a kid that's a certain age, that's pretty young, and um, you ask them about something that they may be interested in. You ask them about FaZe Clan. You know, you ask them about Fortnite and they'll usually light up because there's very little you can really talk to a nine, 10 year old about at length. Uh, but they'll start kind of gushing and going on about something that happened. And it usually kind of turns them around or opens them up, which is, which is a pretty cool thing to be able to, to connect a bunch of different generations. Um, and like, you know, I think that's part of also, at least for right now, in a very kind of pure way that hasn't fully been hasn't fully got mainstream. It's, it's everybody's really still excited to share this stuff. And that's great. The Esports Moment is produced by me, Seamus Byrne, and you can find more great conversations with industry leaders over at the website, biteside.com. Or you can find all episodes sitting right there in any podcast app, just waiting for you to go and listen in. If you're liking what you're hearing, if you have thoughts to share, if you want somebody specific featured here on this show, then drop me a line I'm at Seamus on Twitter or you can email ask at biteside.com. You can also leave reviews and ratings out there on all those apps and in the reviews of iTunes or wherever you feel like you can leave me a review or just share the show with friends on social media if you're liking what you're hearing. I want to help the show keep on growing. Thank you so much for everybody who's been listening in so far and all the great feedback that I've been receiving. I really appreciate it. But until next time, we will see you then.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.